0: Again, as I said, the gifts keep coming, so this morning I am not speaking. Uh, Don this is Donald Weeding, he is my G C leader, and I've asked him to come talk on Father's Day since he is going to be a father the fourth time over very soon here. And I thought it'd be a great idea to have him come and talk about what each kid kind of means as he walks through that process. So this is Donald. Oh I don't need applause. Okay, so happy Father's Day, dads. Enjoying your donuts? Good. Okay, before we get going, I wanted to uh, play a fun game of who's the better dad. So I'm going to put up some slides of some famous TV dads, and I want you guys to shout out who the better dad is between them, okay? So let's see that first one. Okay, who is it? Is it Tim Taylor or is it Danny Tanner? Tim Taylor. Tim Taylor? Pretty unanimous. Okay, let's see the next one. Who do we got? Ooh, Homer and Ned. Homer's already celebrating, so I think he wins. Okay, what's number three? Ooh, tough one. Mike Brady or Howard Cunningham? Howard. Is that the vote? Okay. And then number four. Is it Marlin or Mr. Incredible? It's the fish. Oh, All right. Uh, number five. What's number five? Oh. Is it Corey's dad from Boy Meets World or Corey in Girl Meets World? Corey's dad? That's a tough call for me. Jeez. Okay, I think I got one more. What's the last one? Okay. Oh, it's hard to see because it's dark. Is it Darth Vader or is it uh, Stannis Baratheon? Anyone? Too soon? Sorry. <laughs> if you're watching. Anyways, Darth Vader's not looking so bad right now. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Happy Father's Day again, so please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. This is Genesis 18, 19. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, would you please um, guide us today in hearing how you are such a wonderful dad to us. and. Um, I want to thank you for giving us guidance and leading us, and I pray that you will continue to lead us in your ways to do your works, and thank you for all that you do and being a great dad for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so because it's Father's Day, we're going to focus on being a father this morning, and I'm going to share how my kids have actually helped shape my view of who God is. I've been a father for the past six to eight years now, depending on how you look at it, but we'll, we'll get there soon enough. First, let's talk about a bunch of disgrace I brought my Heavenly Father. That disgrace is the way that I selfishly lived my life. While I did enjoy helping others and serving others from time to time, I was far more focused on my own wants and needs. Even in those times, God gave me grace. And I was just giving back disgrace. Jesus was kind enough, though, to grab a hold of me and get me to focus on giving him glory and serving others before myself. This really happened after I met my wife, Laura, and we got married. Laura is the one that helped be a mirror to my own sin and helped me realize how much I needed Jesus. So my priorities are no longer out of whack like they once were and focused on myself. Well, most of the time anyways. They still get out of whack, but, you know, Jesus helped them get in whack. So here are the priorities that follow. Number one, Jesus. Jesus is always first. Serving him and doing his work is always my first priority. Second is my wife. My wife is basically second in command, and by giving her glory, I'm serving Jesus and loving Jesus. Number three is my kids. Leading my kids to Jesus is very important, being a good father to my kids. And the best thing I can do for my kids is make sure they're not my little gods, make sure they're not above Jesus, and show them what it is to be a man by loving my wife, and make sure they're not above my wife either. Number four is work. I work and I work hard to support my family, shelter my family, and the money I earn also tries to go in that same priorities. I give first, and then I, t- then I shelter and give to my wife and my children. And then five is everything else. Everything else is great. I love the everything else. This is the TV, the movies, the you know going out with friends, whatever everything else is, it's great. But when everything else is your first priority or second priority, then your priorities are out of whack. So... Right now I have three girls. Here they are. This is Faith, Felicity, and Gracelyn. And I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about them today. But along with my three girls, my wife is pregnant with our fourth child. We are having a boy, and I have no idea what to do with that. Um, so it's going to be a learning experience. This message could be completely different this next year. I have no idea. So, but don't give me any praise. My wife is doing all the baking. I just help season it. So, while my wife is pregnant, I'm giving her a lot of love and support right now. However, my priorities tend to still get out of focus sometimes, and I begin to focus more on myself or work more than my wife. And when I'm doing this, I'm not being a good father. I'm not focused on loving Jesus and my family as I should be. I need to be more like my heavenly father and not lose focus and stop looking so inwardly. Colossians 3 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Right there in Colossians is where our focus should be. God tells us this very straightforward and clear as day. Focus on Him and not ourselves. Years ago, I was far more focused on myself and hanging out with friends. When I was single, not very many of my close friends had kids, but those that did have kids I wouldn't really ever see again. It'd go from constantly hanging out and getting together to them just disappearing. And I couldn't wrap my head around this, because kids sleep, right? I mean, can't you just get out of the house? Can't you just, you know, when they go to bed, escape every now and then and hang out with the guys? I mean, why can't I be a priority? I just couldn't understand how their priorities can shift so drastically overnight. God answered all those questions when Felicity was born, and I first held her in my arms. Now, I wasn't there for the actual birth, thanks to a very poorly timed bathroom break. So let me explain. The upstairs bathroom was down. I had to take the elevator down, and I came back up, and I walked into a room full of bright lights, nurses, and a baby crying, and it seemed like a crime scene from CSI. I had no idea what was going on. I just remember running like straight to my wife and like being with her in that moment, and then I was with her before somebody, I have no idea who it was, a nurse, a parent, whoever, tapped me on the shoulder and was like, you, you have a kid to meet. And we didn't know if we were having a boy or girl at the time, but I remember looking over and being like, that's right, I have a kid, and it's a girl. And I was so excited. And then I sat down. And when she was placed in my arms for that first time, I understood why my friend's priorities changed so fast. Because when I held my daughter for the first time, my life completely flipped heads upside upside down. It was no longer about me and what I could do for me. It was about what I could do for my family and this perfect little girl in my arms right now. You see, this is how God loves us. Actually, this is probably just a slight, very slight understanding of how God loves us. You see, God loves us with this so much, and he wants the absolute best for us. We are his children, and he wants us to call him father and see him as the loving father he is. The love I have for my children is just a pebble in the ocean for how much God loves us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Our Father loves us so much; He gave His only Son for us. I love you, Ellen, and I do, and I have no problem saying I love you. I love this church, and I pray for you guys. But if saving you meant giving up any one of my children, sorry, you're on your own. I don't love you that much. I'm just—it's just being honest. It's true. I don't think anyone in this room would be willing to give up any one of their kids for anyone else. But. What that shows us is how much God loves us. He loves us with a copious amount of love that we will probably never understand. But while we won't understand that, what we should get out of that is hope. And we need to take that hope and allow it and, and, and use it to allow us to trust in God's love for us. Faith. now. I wasn't in the uh, delivery room for Felicity, and that might be fair because I wasn't in the uh, delivery room for Faith either. I first met Faith when she was eight months old when I started dating her mother. This is a tricky thing, dating someone who has a kid, but I think I handled it pretty well. I'm not trying to be a Pharisee here or anything because, you know, I made plenty of mistakes along the way, but that's a whole other message in itself. So, For the first few months, I did a lot to uh, actually avoid Faith. And I did this because I wasn't focused on being a father figure to her. Instead, I was focused on my relationship with her mother and getting to know Laura and what would become our relationship. I began to step into her life slowly, and then after Laura and I were engaged, I began to take on that role as a father to her. She was two when we were married, and from that point on, I was officially daddy. Here is this awesome, silly little girl that I'm bringing into my life. I went from single to the parent of a toddler pretty quickly, So while I didn't get that experience of instant love with faith like I did with my other kids, I was able to experience growing to love her. From time to time, I tell her that she is special because I chose her. And I did, along with her mother, I chose her, unlike her sisters that were just kind of handed to me. I'm very clear in my words here because I want her to understand that I chose to love her and will continue to love her. The very same way that God chose us and continues to love us. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Choice, choice is a funny thing when you think about it. I mean, when you're out to buy a new TV or a new computer or a new smartphone or whatever it is, how do you, how do you make that choice? Well, you do research, you check out performance reviews, you talk to people about how it's going to serve your wants and needs best. But you see, God doesn't choose us in the same way. Because if he did, we would still all be up on the shelf. No, God walks into the store and points, at, at, points at what he wants, no matter its performance or reviews, and says, I'll take that one and all the others with it. Ephesians 1.5 He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. You see, I want faith to understand the power of choice. And I want her to understand that God chose us to be his people. He chose to save us through Christ. And he chose us to do his will. God has never been stuck with us. And he didn't choose some of us based on performance or works, so to speak. He chose all of us. And by that grace, how will you allow yourself to grow under the headship of our Father? Let's go back to Felicity now. She she has a hard time speaking sometimes. And that's because she has a delayed speech. Her brain doesn't work in the same way ours does, and it doesn't trigger words in the same way. And so she really needs to practice speaking. And we really noticed this when she was two, and she didn't really have very many words in her vocabulary. Here's a quick video I have to help explain. She is just two and a half at this point, and this is how she would tell us a story. What did you do today? did you do? And did you go to the swim park? What did you do at the swim park? So, most kids start forming words about the age of one and have a pretty good vocabulary by two. Felicity, she had all the words in her head, but she had no way to get it out. So, what I did is I you know, I taught her some simple sign language, and that helped a bit, but we, we needed to put time in with her to learn to form her words. She's at a point where she couldn't find a way to express what she wanted, and what I did as a father is I helped her and encouraged her and worked through the issue. As she made progress, no matter how small or little it was, I supported her and encouraged her with that. If you look at us, we're all a lot like Felicity. We struggle in communicating to God at times. Sometimes while we have the right idea of what to do or things to say, we just don't execute it right or we can't figure out the right way to do it or are afraid to because of the way people may look at us. Yet our Father, he supports us. He has an everlasting patience with us and is willing to work through this with us. He is teaching us daily what he wants from us and how we can show him glory. Aaron talked about this a bit when we went through the Sermon on the Mount about building a house on a solid rock. God wants us to persevere and not doubt that he is with us. God is encouraging us and wanting us to do better by him. When we make those little steps towards God, he is there cheering us on and and supporting us. Much like myself and my wife and our gospel community, we're cheering Felicity on when she learns to speak in ways that more people can understand her and she learns to form her words. God is always giving us encouragement and we shouldn't give up. I've never seen Felicity just give up speaking because it's difficult at times. No. She just continues to talk and talk and talk and talk and work at it work at it and as as she as she always should be, as we should always be talking to God. She doesn't shut up now and it's great. As a father, I love it that my children talk to me, just as God loves it when we talk to Him. First Thessalonians 517, this is one of my favorite verses. Pray without ceasing. It's easy to remember. Pray without ceasing. Our Father doesn't want us to stop talking to Him. He wants us to talk to Him without ceasing and continue to look towards Him for His guidance. He wants us to always be talking to Him and reaching out to Him through prayer. God doesn't want us to stop. He wants us to always talk to Him. And He loves it when, we're, as His children, we are talking to Him. Let's talk about Graceland now. What a turd. Okay. <laughs> Right now, she's going through a terrible twos. Don't let that photo fool you. There are times right now that if anybody would like to practice parenting, just raise your hands. I'd be more than happy to drop her off with you. So, actually, not entirely fair. She's being pretty good right now. And even decided to start potty training herself, which is really cool. If any of you have ever dealt with diapers, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, one of my goals in life is to be able to go to Disneyland without diapers again. That would be Awesome. I'm so looking for, okay, I digress, sorry. Uh, where was I? That's right, little G. Okay, Graceland had a due date of January 17th-ish, 20th-ish, and it doesn't matter. She was born on the 14th. Uh, we learned very quickly that she was eager to explore the world and come out and meet us, and she was actually about a week premature. Uh, the due dates were slightly off, and she wasn't fully cooked, and she had some trouble remembering to breathe, which is pretty important. And so due to this, she was put in time out at the NICU. As a parent, this is heartbreaking. Here's your newborn child, this new, perfect little human, and there's something wrong, and you can't do anything about it. All you can do is hope that the doctors can do their job in looking over after her, and we can do our job as parents in supporting her. Laura was released from the, uh, was released from the hospital, and this is how our days went. Two a.m. I'd make a trip to the NICU to see her and drop off food that Laura would pump for her. 6 a.m., I'd make another trip off to drop off more food and sit with her while the doctors did their rounds so I could get an update on when she was going to be able to come home with us and how she was doing. 10 a.m., Laura and I would make another trip and spend about two hours with her at the NICU. We would then go home for a bit or run a quick errand and then back again around 5 or 6 p.m. for some more time with her for another two, three, four hours. I would then take Laura home and make one more trip at 11 p.m. to drop off food with her for a bit and hang out with her for just a bit. This would go on for another seven days. And let me tell you, five trips to the NICU in seven days is a lifetime. How long were Clayton to do for the NICU for? My hat is off to you. My hat is off to anyone who's done it anything longer than that, and there's plenty of people that have. You know, this was extremely rough, and especially rough on Laura. But as a father, I wanted to do it. I had to do it. I needed to be strong, not only for my wife, but for my daughter. It was also incredibly easy at the time, because I prayed about it, and very quickly, God gave me comfort, and I was calm, because he was very loving and comforting me at that time, letting me know that Graceland would be fine. She'd be home soon. This would just be a short period in her life. And that he was very comforting in telling me that he had everything in control and that he would take care of his daughter. All we needed to do as parents is be patient. 1 Corinthians 13.4, love is patient and kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. God is love. And he's always there for us and never gives up on us, no matter how often we screw up. Like an infant at the NICU, we spend so much of our time here on earth on life support. We turn to acceptance from others or look inwardly to our own selfish needs, drugs, lust, or whatever overwhelming amount of sin there is to support us. When we should come off that life support and live knowing that God is in control, realizing that even while we are bringing him disgrace, he is patient with us. He is kind to us. God loves us. As a father... We need to be patient with our children. This is hard. I get it. As a father, I know how your kids can really crawl up your nerves and get you you really upset, believe it or not. There have been times that I have lost my cool and snapped at my children. Grayson probably gets the worst right now because she is such a turd right now. But it's funny because even in those moments, I love her. I still love my kids. Here they are bugging me, throwing a tantrum, fighting with each other, not listening, getting into stuff they shouldn't, or whatever it is, and I snap. I yell back, I punish them, I get angry, and what I'm doing least of all is giving them grace. I'm not giving any glory to Jesus, and I'm not being a good representative of what a father is to my kids in those moments where I'm not showing them love by being patient and kind. We're so lucky. That God is a great Father and never has those moments with us. He wants us to be like Him and not have those moments either. Paul tells us this in his letter to the Ephesians Ephesians 4 31 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You see, our Father is a perfect example of what it is to be. A great father. Our father loves us. He adopted us. He is patient with us. He wants the best for us. And he isn't a father that loses his cool on us when we're bugging him, upset we didn't get our way, fighting with each other, not listening to God or getting into whatever sin we shouldn't be getting into. No. God is there loving us and giving us grace. Grace. We are the ones screwing up ourselves and everyone around us. And our father says, I love you. I have always loved you, will continue to always love you, and have paid for your sins through the death and resurrection of my son, Jesus, and I, your father, can make all things new again, even you. That is the gospel. And that gospel is amazing. So what are you going to do with that? How are you going to react to that grace? If this was your child misbehaving, put yourself in God's shoes. You're not God. Making that clear, you're not God. But if this was your child misbehaving, how would you want them to react? We can be better children here on earth by listening to our Father, by obeying our Father, by loving our Father, and by praying to our Father. This is why our priorities are so important. By being an image-bearer of Christ and living <clears throat> with the Father as a number one priority and then serving our family and being on His mission is so important. If our priorities aren't in check, then we quickly become lost. So the band is going to start coming up. But as as they kind of head this way, I want to wrap things up by speaking to the fathers in this room. You. Us, fathers. We have a great title. We have a title that we share with our Heavenly Father. This is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. Because how we live, that is how our children are going to view God. So be patient, be kind, give encouragement. And if you're a father in this room that has maybe already screwed this up, it's okay, because our God loves us. He's given us grace, and he can make all of us new. This is why we come to communion. We break that cracker as Jesus was broken for us, and we dip it in the wine that represents his blood that was spilled for us. We do this to remember that sacrifice that our Father took for us there will be offering boxes on the sidewalls and in the back. And we give to our Father as a response to all he has given to us. There will also be deacons and elders in the back that can pray with you. And we all need to pray to God without ceasing. We all need to talk to God without ceasing. And there will be people back there that you can talk to God with. You see, our Father loves us. And my prayer is that as his children, we could love Him back as we should love our Father. The changes in me are a miracle by his grace. And they can be a miracle in you too. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Happy Father's Day. Thank you for being such a great dad to us. Loving us and guiding us. Thank you for being so patient with us. I pray that when we screw up and as we screw up, you'll continue giving us your grace as you do. And that we will realize how wonderful that grace is. We pray that we can see you for the great dad that you are. And that we can learn to be your people. Please continue guiding us and leading us. And showing us what it is to be a great dad. In your name we pray.